really looking for a new flatmate? Maybe. Why? I know someone who's looking. Who? Me. I've been living at my mother's for two months and it's driving me mad. He studies her face with such intensity that she knows he's thinking about something else. Yes, I am. You have to call me now, he shouts as he thunders down the stairs. Seconds pass. Lily stares up at the shut, opaque windows, waiting. Nothing. There are four separate bells, and beside the top one is written, Sinead plus Marcus. The bell didn't work, he'd said. She'd have to shout up, he'd said. Marcus! She bellows. Above her, a window swings open and a man appears. It's not Marcus. He's not here! Well, I was meant to meet him here at seven. Maybe you'd better come in. Moments later, the heavy grey door opens onto the street. Then he lets the door slam closed and they are plunged into complete darkness. Dark, isn't it? She hears herself say. There is a burst of light like a flashbulb going off. The front door opens and someone, Lily is too blinded to see who, comes in. In front of her, holding a bicycle helmet under his arm, is Marcus. I'm so sorry I'm late, aren't I? Did Aidan let you in? How come he left you standing in the dark? They go up two floors. Three, four. And on the fourth is a door left ajar. Marcus pushes it and holds it open for her. Lily's come about the room. Aidan, standing at the long kitchen counter, drops something. What do you mean? Marcus shrugs. Well, you know, we need someone to help pay bills and stuff. Oh, do we? Marcus seems unconcerned by the venom in Aidan's voice. They watch as Aidan strides across the centre of the room, opens some heavy double doors and disappears like a magician's assistant into a box. Where's he gone? she asks. Gone? Well, yes, gone, through those doors. He laughs. That's the lift shaft. It's his room. The, the lift shaft? Yeah, it's quite big, about 12 by 14. Oh, right. Have you never been in a warehouse before? No. Why don't I show you the room? She walks after him, deeper into the flat, and as she does so, she builds an image of Sinead in her head. She'd be Irish with a name like that. So Lily gives her flowing skeins of burnished red hair and quick green eyes. When he stops at a door right at the other end of the warehouse, Lily sees that a partition has been built, floor to ceiling, across what would have been an alcove. You've done a lot of work, haven't you? Yeah, we did. I'm sort of in that line of business. You're a builder? He shakes his head. An architect. Marcus takes two steps into the room. I, I, I don't understand, Lily bursts out. Is this the room? I mean, the room you want to rent? He nods. Then why... Whose is all this stuff? Whose room is this? His voice is barely audible. It was Sinead's. I'm sorry, all this is still here. Part of Lily wants to touch him, and the other part wants to get the hell out of here and never come back. Whatever it was that had made this girl leave in such a hurry could not have been good.
She, uh, painted the room a good colour. Yes. So you like it? He touches her shoulder but doesn't draw her near. The room? She presses her lips together. It disturbs her, unsettles her. I love it, she hears herself say. Then you'll move in? Yes. Lily doesn't believe in careers, so she has three jobs. Monday to Thursday, she performs various administrative and organisational tasks for a group of actors' agents. Friday, she has charge of a mostly silent toddler, Lawrence from Stoke Newington. Lily is supposed to be teaching him French, but there is a limited amount of conversation to be had with an 18-month-old. On Saturday, she works as a bra fitter in the lingerie section of a big department store with Sarah. Lily's phone rings, making her jump. Hi, it's reception. There's a man here to see you. At the front desk, under the candid stare of the receptionist, stands Aidan, a large bag on the floor next to him. Aidan holds out his hand, palm up. I brought these for you. Hooked round his middle finger is a ring of keys. Uh, thanks. He shrugs, reaching for the bag. So, where are you off to? Japan. Oh, for work. Right. She is gripped suddenly by an urge to laugh and has to pretend to cough. What do you do? I'm an animator. What do you animate? Uh, adverts. Yes? Music videos. Oh, and some films. That must be great. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's all right. See you then. Bye. She waves at him until he disappears from view. As she returns to her desk, she is accosted by Sonia. Who's the GLM? Sonia has an irritating habit of giving everything an acronym. GLM meant good-looking man. Lily laughs and sits down in a chair. He's my new flatmate. But he's not a GLM. He's an RPITA. Sonia looks up. A what? A right pain in the arse. The warehouse is empty when Lily arrives. She struggles up the narrow stairs, a rucksack on her back, heaving at the handrail, the suitcase banging against her leg. Her mother, Diane, had offered to drive her there and help her settle in, but Lily couldn't think of anything worse. Inside, it seems unnaturally quiet and still. Her footsteps on the board make a crushing, echoing sound as she walks towards the room that is now hers. Everything is stripped bare. It could be a different room. The blue walls are empty, desk is gone, along with the nail varnish and the books from the shelf. Oh, Sinead must have met someone else, she decides. Why else would she leave so suddenly? Lily drags in her bags from outside and pulls open the door of the wardrobe. Empty hangers clatter against each other, but in the middle of the rail is something that makes her flinch in a kind of fear. A dress, strung by narrow straps swaying slightly from the movement of the doors. Why, out of everything, has it been left? Marcus returns just as she is putting sheets on the bed. So, how's it going? All unpacked? He smiles at her. He suddenly seems a lot closer than he did, as if the room has shrunk around them. So, she says assertively, 
then realises she has no idea what she's about to say. Um, thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure, he says quickly, and touches her arm. Oh, she says, her hand moving involuntarily to meet his. Marcus breathes in deeply, passes his hand through his hair. Do you want a cup of tea? That would be great. As he disappears out of the door, Lily slumps to the bed. This is ridiculous. How long is it going to be until they sleep together? About two hours, by the way things are going. Not yet, Lily is saying to herself as she walks towards the kitchen. At least not tonight. He hands her a mug of tea. It is too brown and steeped for her liking. She chases the bloated tea bag around with her spoon, trying to hook it out. Have you ever... She stops. Marcus has pulled out from under a cushion a single black leather glove. A woman's. Lily puts down her mug. What happened? She... His face is stiff, pulled as if he's trying to prevent any expression making its mark. She's no longer... here. She... He hesitates, as if unable to decide how to put it. She's no longer with us. He raises his eyes to hers. It's then that she knows, and horror crawls over her skin. How? she whispers, as if sound itself might hurt him, injure him. But Marcus cannot speak. Lily pushes through the ticket barrier at Warren Street. She can't be bothered to walk down to the pedestrian crossing, so she dodges the traffic, weaving between the cars.